0: Welcome to the Showcase Your Company podcast, where we uncover tips and tricks to help you take your business to the next level. My name is Daryl Comley white from Market Magnet Consulting, and I hope you enjoy the podcast and please share it with business owners that are dedicated to growing their businesses. All right, so today we're sitting with Jan from Barker Unlimited. Jan, welcome and
1: uh, tell us a little bit about your business. How did you get started? What do you do? Hi, Daryl. Thank you for having me. Um, we started the business in 1984, in April, I registered it and uh, we used to grow ferns and uh, sell them off to the pot plant industry. So you're a retail plant grower for no shoes. is that... That's correct, yes. We had a retail outlet, but then we also grew plants which we sold wholesale to other companies. And um, at one stage, one of our very big customers went uh, belly up and we were almost out of business overnight and we had to regroup and restructure the business. So a quick lesson is: is don't put all your eggs in one basket. For sure, you know, uh, it's better to have a lot of small customers than to have one big customer because if the big customer leaves you or something happens to them then uh, it could be detrimental to your company and that's almost what happened to us so we uh, decided to move the business to bigger premises and started growing all sorts of uh, different plants um, and because they were grown in bigger containers, we needed more compost and potting soil for these big containers. And um, at that stage, you know, being a fairly new business, we didn't have a lot of money. And um, we started manufacturing our own compost, purely for our own use.
0: Is that something you had experienced in before or is it something that you thought, this is just what we need, let's just start, get it going?
1: Well, not really. Since I can remember from my childhood, my dad always had a compost heap in the backyard, so manufacturing compost wasn't a foreign concept to me. Uh, Although, you know, on a commercial scale, you do it a lot different from um, composting at home. Um, but the basic principles are the same. All right, so it's not just vegetable scraps anymore. Now
0: we're going big scale. Yeah, scale. we're going
1: commercial now. So, uh, you know, we, instead of uh, kitchen scraps and a bit of garden waste from your own garden, we now truck in sawdust as a bulking agent from sawmills in the Lowfeld. And uh, we also uh, get sawdust and wood shavings from local woodworking companies and so on. And then uh, uh, to activate that because uh, sawdust on its own is pretty useless but to activate it we add uh, different types of manure to it and uh, we will source chicken litter and horse manure and cow manure from uh, farmers in our local area and then uh, uh, bring that all to the farm and we've got a a recipe according to which we uh, mix uh, the sawdust and the different manures and um, add some water to it because the moisture content needs to be correct, uh, not too wet, because then you get uh, a rotting taking place. And if it's too dry, then the whole composting process stops. So it's vital that the moisture content is right. It all gets mixed up and we put it into long rows called windrows, and those get turned on a regular basis Uh, Sometimes up to every second day and sometimes we would leave them for about a week or uh, up to 10 days before we turn them again. And that all depends again on the temperature that the heap builds up. So ideally we would like to get to about 70 degrees centigrade or 70 degrees Celsius. Uh, which will kill off all harmful bacteria which might be in the manure or ends up in the sawdust uh, by chance and um, because of the high temperature should there be any weed seeds uh, which we normally don't get because we start off with a clean product. Correct me if I'm wrong, but those weed seeds would come if you're using
0: garden waste that you break up to put into, into compost. Yes,
1: Darrell, that's uh, a, a main source of um, contamination uh, would be from garden waste. So we avoid using garden waste at all. And uh, like I said, we use um, sawdust, which comes from mainly from sawmills. So, the chances of it getting contaminated is very... So, it's a pure product. You've really got a pure, clean product. It's a very clean product. It's very pure uh, because we start off with a clean, raw material. Uh, you know, it almost guarantees us that we've got a very pure final end product. And then so you're saying the 70 degrees then kills off any other potential seeds that are in there, is that correct? If there were to be uh, seeds in, let's say for instance, the crawl manure or seeds would blow in by wind or uh, maybe birds would carry some seeds in, um, that will all be killed off because of the high temperature. And also, if, um, you know, there are any bad pathogens in some of the materials, they also get destroyed in the high heat. Um, Ideally, we don't want the heat to exceed, uh, say, about 75 degrees because then you start killing off all the good bacteria as well. So um, because we turn the compost on a regular basis, um, it, it aerates, and um, that's where the term aerobic compost comes from. It's compost that gets turned on a, on a regular basis, gets into um, contact with oxygen, and in the turning process, you also get rid of the carbon dioxide which are, uh, which gets built up by the microorganisms in the heap. So is that a byproduct? Carbon dioxide is a byproduct the of the process. Carbon dioxide is a byproduct of the of the composting process. Uh, just like us humans, uh, you know, when we breathe in air, we, we take out the oxygen uh, uh, for our bodies to survive and we breathe out carbon dioxide. And the microorganisms in the compost heap uh, are no different from, from us. They also need to get oxygen and they also breathe out carbon dioxide. So when you turn the heap, um, you will see some uh, steam coming off the heap because of the high temperature. And a lot of the steam that you see is, uh, some of it is water vapor, but then the rest is actually um, a high concentrate of carbon dioxide which comes off. And we need to get rid of that and get new oxygen into the heap for the microorganisms to survive.
0: So so a compost heap is actually a living Mm. system. It, it's it's, a, it's an organic living system that then eventually ends up in your garden to keep your that's, garden living.
1: That's correct, Daniel. Yes, um, there are millions and millions of uh, living organisms in a compost heap which we can't see with a naked eye, but they're vital to our gardens because they break down all the nutrient value in the compost. And um, if you were to apply a fertilizer of of, of some sort, and and um, you know, we suggest that if you do. That you use uh, organic fertilizer and if you can at all use a certified organic fertilizer. There are some very good products on the market um, and you can just go to your re- a local retail nursery or uh, some chain stores even stock them and ask for organic fertilizer. What's the difference between a certified and a
0: non-certified organic fertilizer?
1: Well, certified organic fertilizers, um, the companies that manufacture those um, go through an or audit once a year and then all the uh, input products, um, they have to declare those. And um, the company that certifies them makes sure that these products are not contaminated with any chemicals, uh, antibiotics, and growth hormones. So um, uh, you do get other uh, organic products as well, uh, which are not certified, and, and, and they might be good products it's uh, you know we're not saying that those are contaminated with any of, of of the bad stuff for you but um if you go for a certified one you can be pretty sure that you're getting the the the, the real deal so i suppose it also depends on the need you know if it's going to be a
0: say in my garden where my kids are playing I, I would i would want it to be the cleanest healthiest possible
1: Fertilisers. That's right. That's correct, Harold. The chemicals in uh, some of the uh, chemical fertilizers, for instance, you know, most chemical fertilizers are uh, they're using salt as a basis uh, t- uh, to manufacture their fertilizer. And those salts tend to build up in our soils and um, it actually poisons the soil. Mm. So, um, by putting in chemical fertilizers in your garden, every year you need to put more chemical fertilizers in to get the same results and eventually, uh, you know, after 20, 25 years of uh, poisoning your soil, you will find that nothing much really wants to grow in your garden. Hmm. Um, And, you know, we've been taught um, incorrectly about gardening and and fertilizing a garden in the past and, uh, you know, people were thinking they did the right thing. Uh, We're not blaming them for for doing the wrong thing, Uh, but now that we know um, how to do it uh, by putting organic matter into your soil and using organic certified fertilizers, uh, you know, I think it's uh, each and every one of us responsibility Mm -hmm. to um, start uh, doing the right Practices. So I suppose as we learn more, we know more.
0: Science improves. Whatever we can make better choices, better decisions. I mean, that's really what it comes to. Do you sell any
1: fertilizer then that that should be used in gardens? Donald, yes. Um, obviously, you know we we sell our compost and our potting soils in uh, all good retail outlets and um, it's vital to first um, condition your soil and and people confuse uh, compost with fertilizer. Compost is not a fertilizer, although it's categorized as a fertilizer group two. Um, It's not a fertilizer as such, but it's a soil conditioner. So you would add compost to your soil to get the formulation of your soil to a better level. Um, And then you can use an organic fertilizer to enrich your soil. Um, The compost creates uh, space for the microorganisms to live in Um, and the microorganisms will break down the organic fertilizer and um, transform it into plant food. The fertilizer itself can't be absorbed by the plant. It needs to be broken down by the Microorganisms, in order to be available to the plant, so it's a whole symbiotic system. It's, you don't just use one or the other. You need a combination
0: to make it work properly.
1: That'll yes, um, and that's where um, with chemical fertilizers, uh, it's available immediately because it's in a chemical form. It's it's uh, immediately available to the plant. The the danger of that being, if you if you were to overdose with chemical fertilizers in your garden, uh, you'll find that the plants burn and they can even die especially uh, you know after a dry hot spell and you don't get to water your garden in time um, you're going to get damage on your plants uh, which with uh, the organic fertilizers there's no chance of that happening even if you apply double the dose of fertilizer uh, it won't burn your plants because there are no salts present. So
0: often you see a garden that's diet and you think, hey, we just haven't watered enough. But there's far more to it than just watering. From what you're saying, there's a whole chemical balance that needs to be right. There's a whole conditioning of the sand, the soil that needs to be correct for your garden to actually work properly. Does this apply to plants as well as vegetable gardens, as well as farming, as well as,
1: you know, any sort of um, uh, horticulture sort of industry? Yes, Darrell, I think that's applicable to, to, to any any kind of um, plant production whether it's a pot plant in your office, uh, whether it's your garden, your lawn, a commercial farm or your veggie patch in the back of the garden, um, the same principles will apply if, if you use chemical fertilizers, like I said, uh, in, in years to come you're going to have to use more fertilizer to get the same results. With the organic farming uh, or organic gardening uh, if you apply some compost on a yearly basis and you use organic fertilizer, you will actually build up the structure of the soil. And you will find that in five or ten years' time from now that you need to do very little to maintain a very nice garden or a very healthy vegetable garden. Uh, so by building up the structure of the soil, you're actually saving yourself money in the long run. And also the produce that you would uh, uh grow in your vegetable vegetable garden, for instance, will have a better taste, it will have a much longer shelf life, and it will have a much higher nutritional value. So all in all, if you start well, it ends well for you? Well, you know, Darryl, it's what you put in is what you get out, you know. Um, we all know we're all in business. The harder we work or the smarter we work, the more money we make, you know. And with the garden, it's no different, you know, if, if, if you... If you give your garden all the right stuff, it will reward you by giving you what you need. A good output,
0: good quality plants or vegetables. Let's talk about business then. So you you supply your products to a variety of retail nurseries around uh, Gauteng. uh, where, Where can people find your products and what should they look out for when they get to those nurseries? What should they ask for? Darryl,
1: most of um, our products are in uh, the retail nurseries in Pretoria, Johannesburg, and um, the surrounding areas. And uh, it's also available in um, the hinterland outlets in six provinces of the country. And we also export the vast majority of our product to Namibia. Uh, which is a good market for our product. because Surely you,
0: you can't just export anything. You've got to have good quality, good, um, I suppose, accreditations to get there. What did you need to be able to export the product? I mean, that might just say how good it is for our local
1: market as well. Darrell, yes. Uh, we first started off by um, getting our product registered at the Department of Agriculture in South Africa. So that uh, registration gets renewed every three years and we had to comply to some uh, strict uh, measures and um, our product had to meet certain requirements with the Department of Agriculture. Um, and then for the export requirements, uh, once a year we get audited by a company, co- uh, AFRI Compliance, and they will actually come to the farm, spend a whole day with us, and um, they will look at things like uh, at the traceability of the raw materials that we put in. In other words, you know, where does it come from? So, so we must be able to tell them exactly where we got what products from. I get that, so if, they, if you're
0: saying it's organic, it's good for you, it's healthy, you all that sort of stuff, they can actually verify that it actually is.
1: And based on that, you
0: then can export.
1: That's correct, yes. Um, you know, so they would certify us, uh, you know, for things like good corporate governance, uh, risk management, biosecurity, Quality assurance, the traceability, and then obviously the export requirements to the different countries that we export to. So you, you've definitely got a good quality, high grade
0: product, without a doubt. If you can if you can fulfill all those requirements, you're A for away.
1: Well, that'll. I don't want to boast, but we make the best compost in the country. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I should hope so. <laughs> so that's brilliant. Okay, so let's go back to where people
0: can buy and what should they ask for when they're walking into a retail industry. Hi, I'm here to get what are they looking for?
1: All right, so um, our brand goes under the name Bark Unlimited Organics. And if you walk into a retail nursery or into a co-op, you can uh, just ask one of the people on the floor uh, to take you to the compost section. And um, you can specifically ask for our product. Uh, it's in a very nice um, full... Oh, I agree. I've seen your bags. <laughs> the, 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 the branding, the
0: product look is far superior to all competitors out there. So good for you. That's that's a big step, I think. How do you get it to look so good? Why have you made it look that good when others
1: aren't? Well, Daryl, we've recently um, rebranded our product and we've also gone from packing by hand to fully automated packaging. And we had the design of uh, the new bag done in Australia. So um, it's a bit of a different look from what we used to seeing in South Africa because, you know, we... Uh, our previous brand was very old fashioned, uh, very outdated um, and, it, and it was a, a well established old brand but uh, we had to renew it and um, you know, we, ha- we went from uh, old bags which had two color print to full color print on the new bags. And it looks amazing and uh, good packaging, nice packaging just sells the product so much easier. It also lets people know what they're getting. You know, if if you're
0: willing to invest in the look of your brand, in the look of your product, then they should believe
1: and they should know that what's inside is worth what is packed in. Well, we've spent a lot of money on on developing the new packaging um, and I think it complements the good quality product that we put inside the bag. Uh, You know, it's like uh, one of my customers, uh, elderly gentleman said to me, it's not the way that you pack it or the packaging. It's what's inside the packaging. But I think, um, you know, we've got a winning recipe now that we've got. um, And again, I don't want to boast, but I think we've got the best packaging in the market. And we've got the best product inside the bag. So best product, best packaging. People buying
0: your products, your customers cannot go wrong. Who who buys from you? I mean, you know, I'm sure from the retail market,
1: we know that's the people planting at home. Uh, Who else buys from you? Well, Darrell, yes. Uh, We've got uh, the public. Uh, We would go to a a retail nursery or uh, we'd go to one of the uh, hinterland shops and they will buy for their home gardens and their vegetable gardens and their pot plants and so on. Um, Then we have uh, wholesale nurseries who would grow plants for the retail nurseries and they will buy all these products from us in bulk. In other words, uh, loose truckloads up to 60 cubic metres on a truck and they will um, plant their plants uh, in our potting soil, for instance, uh, grow them on to become a proper nice plant and then sell them off to the retail nurseries where the public can then buy those plants. So, even if you uh, buy a plant, Uh, which are planted uh, from a different grower, the chances are good that it's been planted in our potting soil. Then we've also got farmers who would uh, buy a product from us. Uh, We sell a lot to the blueberry industry and um, also to the fruit industry and so on, other fruits and so on. And also we've uh, sold some to people who, who farmers who grow vegetables uh, like lettuce, for instance. Our, our, our product is very good for growing lettuce in. And uh, again, you know, um, the quality uh, is a big issue to those farmers and they only buy the best. They want their product to be able to
0: sell. And if it doesn't look nutritious and healthy and good, it's not going to work. So again, you start with the, with the end in mind, planting the right medium, that your plants turn out right.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, There's a big uh, tendency in the world that people want healthy food. And um, you can only have healthy food if you've got healthy soil. And we don't add any chemical fertilizers uh, to our product to aid the composting process. Uh, We do it all organic. So, you know, we can, although our product is not certified organic yet, and we will most certainly go the route of having it certified in the future, Um, You know, we can guarantee that it is clean, there is no chemicals added to it and a lot of the farmers will actually buy this from us and uh, grow their crop in it and and have that crop certified organic for export markets. Uh, Europe and and, uh, so on is um, very pro-organic and they will rather buy food that's been grown organically like i've also said you know the the shelf life of it is, is, is a lot longer so uh, if you grow um let's say blueberries for instance and you do it chemically um, compared to someone who would grow it in, in in an organic way um you know transporting it to a foreign country exporting it and and uh, distributing it there gives you a much bigger window uh, to get your product sold and it will still stay in a good condition, uh, obviously the taste of it is, is, is much better and the nutritional value is much higher. So there are so many benefits, um, uh, you know, growing your crops organically compared to growing it with chemical fertilizers uh, that it out- actually outweighs the, 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 the price of doing it organically. It's fascinating. Fascinating. So, you
0: spoke about bulk. Now, who orders bulk from you? Obviously, the farmers and those growers might do. Can the public order bulk from you? I mean, if they're going to be doing their whole garden, do they need to buy you know, 300 bags or could they get a, a truckload from you as well?
1: That'll know. People can go onto our website at www.bargainlimited.co.za and they can contact us and uh, we can give them a quotation. We can also help them to get the right product. And we can deliver to them in bulk anything from one cubic meter, like I said, up to 60 cubic meters. We've got different sizes of trucks. So um, it all depends on, on what the customer's needs are. And um, we're more than willing to, to help them. You know, if they give us the, the uh, size of the area that they want to put, so either lawn dressing or compost or what the case might be, or even if they want to mulch, they can just give us uh, the length and the width of the, of the area and then we can work out exactly how much they need and advise them. Uh, we will also give them a professional quotation and um, we can deliver to their homes.
0: So you spoke about mulch now as well. What other products do you do? I mean, you compost and
1: soil treatment is one. What else do you do? Well, Darryl, yes, the compost is, is, is one of our big lines that we do. And then we do different types of potting soil, we do an indoor potting soil obviously for indoor pot plants and then we've got an outdoor potting soil for plants that you would grow outside the house in containers and uh, we've got specialised growing mediums for uh, instance for clivia plants we've got a special clivia mix, for cycads we've got a cycad mix, for all your succulents and aloes we've got our succulent mix. Uh, They're all different formulations because those plants have specific requirements. And uh, we do a a germination mix for germinating seeds and for rooting cuttings. And then we have a seedling mix for transplanting your young seedlings before you actually put them into the veggie garden. Um, And we've got a lawn dressing for your lawn. Um, You know, it's vital that we... Uh, put some nutrients back on our lawn. So what we would do uh, is once, if you live in an area where you do get frost, you must, uh, it's essential to wait until all the frost is gone, Uh, you mow your lawn nice and short and then you put a layer of our lawn dressing on your lawn. Uh, If your lawn is fairly level, you can go as thin as say half a centimeter, but if you've got an uneven lawn, you can fill up all those dents in the lawn and get it nice and even play a bit of cricket yeah a bit (laughs) of cricket or some rugby you know we we, we love sunshine and and rugby and braai and so on and it's much easier doing it on a level or (laughs) not a good garden level garden I agree (laughs) totally So what else do you have in the, in the, in the product range that, that you've got? Daniel? then we've got different types of mulches. Um, and we're going to start off uh, by, with our bark mulch, which is uh, mechanically sorted. It's a fairly inexpensive product compared to the other mulches. And um, mulching you would do uh, in your flower beds um, to retain the moisture in the soil. You know, we live in a country where we get very little rainfall. And it's vital that we save as much water as possible. And, you know, we all have rainwater harvesting systems at our homes. And uh, we use that water sparingly. Um, But because of the high temperatures, especially in summer, uh, whatever water you put in your garden evaporates in no time. So, by putting a layer of mulch in your flower beds and we suggest that if at all you can go to about 10 centimetres thick, that uh, is an ideal layer of mulch. Um, That will retain the moisture in your soil but it's also got the added benefit of suppressing weed growth. So, uh, you know, weed seeds blow in uh, with the wind. And it settles in between your plants in your garden and then they start germinating there. But when you put a layer of mulch, which is fairly coarse, uh, the weed seeds will fall on the mulch and uh, it will just dry out. It won't get into contact with the soil and enough moisture to germinate. And even if it does germinate, uh, it's got a very slim chance of surviving and actually growing into a big weed which in essence saves you a lot of time and effort uh, taking out the weeds in your garden. Um, We've got different other other mulches as well. Uh, We've got uh, uh, products like peach pips uh, which will give you a different texture. Uh, We've got our bark nuggets which are available in small and medium. Those are um, uh, better for using in, in pots and small areas. And then we've got uh, bark chips, which are all the nice big pieces of bark which grows on the outside of a pine tree. And we specifically use pine bark uh, because it's a clean product and it's uh, freely available. And um, we get those in three different gradings or three different sizes, which is uh, small. Uh, which is uh, between 2 and 3 centimetres, then we've got our medium size, which is between 3 and 5 centimetres, and then we've got our large, which is 5 centimetres and and bigger. And those are better suited for using in in big uh, flower beans. Now, um, unfortunately, the bark chips is a very expensive product because it's all hand-sorted. And um, the labor component in, in sorting it uh, makes it fairly expensive. So, if you want to save some money, it's always a good idea to buy some bark mulch, put a nice layer of mulch in the garden, and then buy yourself some bark chips and put that on top. Then you don't need to put down a 10 centimeter layer of bark chips, you can, let's say, for argument's sake, put down uh, 8 centimeter layer of bark mulch and then just put a thin layer like 2 centimeters, of bark chips on top of the so mulch. So you get
0: a decorative look at at a far less cost. Yes,
1: that's correct. Makes sense. Right. And so what else do you have in the mix there? Darryl, we also um, sell um, some decorative sand. We've got a product called um, river sand or uh, silica sand, which is a 1 millimeter granule of um, silica sand which is um, a good product to use also as a mulch or decorative uh, in between your um, aloes or um, in the cacti garden. Um, it, it also gives you the, the, the look and the feel of a desert, you know, where those plants normally would occur. Um, we also have uh, play sand for the children. So if you've got an area where you can uh, put a, a sand box or... Uh, some plastic containers or even a b- build a sand pit for the children to play in. Um, our sand is uh, washed twice and it's screened. So it's, it's very clean and it, uh, being silica sand, it won't stain the children's clothes. So even if they play in it with, um, with say a white T-shirt on, uh, the t shirt will remain white. It, 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 uh, the sand won't stain the, the clothes. It's so another it, indication of the quality that you provide. Uh, yet again, you know, we've uh, many years back we set five strategies in place to grow our company. One of those strategies was to sell quality product only. And it took a couple of years uh, for the effect to take place. But you can now see that uh, people associate our brand with a top quality product. And um, if a product is not, if the quality of a product is not good enough, it's not good enough to get our name on the bag. So, um, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, and I don't want to mention names or product names, but can you get me this product, can't, can't, can't you bag us that product? And I just refuse flat because I don't believe in the product, you know. Those products are, are not good enough, the quality is not good enough. And some of them are even harmful, and uh, we just will not uh, we don't do it for the money, you know. We we do it for 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 the love of making compost, and for bettering uh, the environment we live in. Yeah, so that also yeah, we are we here for a greater purpose, and uh, it's not for making money, but for bettering our environment. And um, you'll see one of our slogans says "Refresh Nature," and. Um, we want to create a better environment for ourselves and for our children to live in. So
0: talking about creating better environments, they call it healthier, this, this works in with the look as well. So let's just say if a school or an office park wants to redo their place, uh, how do you help out with that? If they want to redo their gardens, uh, maybe redo the soccer fields, level them out, whatever it might be, how do you get involved? How do you help out with those, those bigger projects?
1: Well, will um, you know, we're not a landscaping company, so we don't really uh, uh, do the installation uh, or the application of products. But what we can do is we, we can act in an advisory capacity and um, help the customer to determine exactly what they need and exactly how much they need. And if they uh, are in need of someone to do the application or installation, then we can advise uh, uh, them on a couple of good landscapers that, or that, you know, that are good customers of ours and uses our product and buy from us on a regular basis. So from what you're saying, it looks like landscapers who are worth their salt
0: need to actually start using Bark Unlimited products to help them get a, a better
1: product and an end result for their clients, is that right? only that yes. I think a landscaper uses our product in, in, instead of other products will definitely have a nicer garden for their customer at the end of the day. And that will be a good reflection on them. You know, that'll by using our product, they can render a better service for their customer and give them a better quality end product. So it's a no-brainer. Jan, tell us where
0: can potential customers get hold of you, people who are concerned about their garden, about the health of their garden, about the, the look and feel of their garden. How can they get hold of you? How can they order from
1: you? What's the process? That the best will be to for them to go onto our website. The web address is www.parkunlimited.co.za. They can browse through the website. There are some very nice videos on there on uh, how to use our products. And they can get all our contact details on there. Alternatively, they can contact our office at 12 311 947 And our office staff will be more than willing to help them. Jan, thank you. It's been an
0: absolute pleasure. It's been an education for me on on an industry that is fascinating, one that we see every day. We just don't know how it gets there. Thank you very much, and uh, we wish you all the best. Thank you for
1: having me, Darrell, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to explain exactly what we're doing and how we can benefit the public.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Showcase Your Company podcast, where we uncover tips and tricks to help you take your business to the next level. If you want to showcase your business on this podcast, feel free to contact us. Visit www.marketmagnet.co.za and click on the podcast button in the main menu bar. It's free and we would like to showcase your business. Visit www.marketmagnet.co.za and click the podcast button.